Okay, we're uh, third third upload in a week, baby. We're 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 pumping them out today. Somewhat of a we were thinking about doing a podcast either today or tomorrow, but then uh, when all the news broke, decided to get on the horn. Boys, uh, reactions, initial initial thoughts before I get into the details. One word reactions. I mean, wow. I Shock. guess Shock. <laughs> yeah. Wow would be my reaction and. You know, I had been mocking the Niners to make a trade up into the top four all offseason, so I'm just happy that um, they did that because I think this this is the best move of the offseason so far, at least for me, is the Niners going up and securing a, an upgrade at quarterback, securing a guy that can be Kyle Shanahan's dude, something that he has never had um, in his tenure there. And I just think this is, this is huge for, I mean, the NFC West is going to be great, but this just makes me even more bullish on the Niners going forward. Yeah, I think I think everyone's a winner today. Basically, like everyone who made a deal is a winner, um, for the, and I think that's the first time I can say that about. Um, no. About about who do you think made a bad move? Dolphins. I don't think the Dolphins Hell. made a bad move. I mean, that's your subjective opinion because you don't like Tua, which I I don't really like Tua either. But that's a guy you, the same brass that just made that trade and that the fan base is now really confident in drafted Tua with the third pick last year. Um, they got even more picks and, and they moved right back up to the sixth spot. So they're going to get a dynamic playmaker or a really solid offensive lineman. They're going to have their pick of the litter um, and they're going to give Tua a little bit more time to, to develop into the quarterback that, that he can be. And even though, Clep, I, we share similar opinions on Tua, I still think that them standing pat with him, he's 22 years old, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't think them moving on from him would necessarily be um, be a great decision, and you know, like we've talked about on, on podcasts before, I don't think this is anything close to like the the uh, Rosen Kyler situation with with Tua. I think you're in a completely different situation. So, I think that everyone's a winner. I mean, I will say that I I definitely am not as bullish on the Niners as Tommy is, just considering the fact that that division is so good. Um, even if you do get Fields, Wilson, or Lance, uh, I still don't think you're. I still think you have the worst quarterback in the division, and then you give away. Your first round pick for the next two years, which I think I don't think they're going to be picking super highly the next two years, um, and it is definitely worth it because you're getting a, a young quarterback. But I still think that they may they may not be you know they may be picking before twenty um, in one or both of those years. I wouldn't necessarily be very shocked if that was the case, just considering how good the division is. Um, and if that is the case, then you got to wonder um, if if they kind of oversold a little bit for that pick. Um, it's obviously going to depend on what the production is of the player that they draft. But like I said to start this all out, I do think looking at it just from an on-paper standpoint that none of these teams are like clearly getting uh, bent over the barrel in any way or, or taken advantage of. So I think there's some good deals all around. Yeah, just to you know go back to, to what happened, the Dolphins traded uh, their third overall pick initially to the Niners for – uh, the 12th overall pick, a 2022 first, 2022 third, and a 2023 first. Um, so big, big haul for the Dolphins there. And then they just turned around and sent that number 12 pick to the Eagles for the sixth pick. Um, gave, I think, their, not the 49ers, but their own 2022 first round pick. In a, that's a dynasty league move right there. They sent their own, uh, their own pick. To the uh, to the Eagles, um, 
in, in 2022, and then uh, they made a little bit of a mid-round swap. So Eagles jumped back to two, Dolphins stuck in at six, um, and then um, the Niners jump up to three. I guess we'll just maybe start with the, the Niners. To me, I think, Tommy, you made a really good point um, just texting earlier that you think that this solidifies that the Jets are taking a quarterback at two. Um, to me, this says that the 49ers like two of either Fields, Lance, or Wilson. Um, obviously, people kind of keep slotting Wilson into two uh, for the Jets. So, um, But of those three guys, I guess, who would you like to see them get? I mean, me personally, it's I think they all would be really good fits. But for me, it's Wilson just because of the upside. I think, um, you know, I just think what Wilson's able to do in terms of arm talent while still being not the same athlete um, as as Fields and Lance, but just his um, mobility, what he's able to do, you know, the uh, the keywords that get Lee going, the off-platform throws, um, you know, what he's able to do when the play breaks down and kind of how he projects um, within that role and into that archetype. It definitely would be Wilson for me to San Francisco. I mean, that's been my, my favorite fit for him all along just because he Justin Fields definitely, I think, is more pro-ready than Zach Wilson right now. But that being said, going into a system with Kyle Shanahan, where I think, you know, I've been saying I think Kyle Shanahan's the best coach in the NFL. Just I love what they're doing right there, the receiver and talent they have with Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo Samuel, and a solid run game. I just think, in terms of a young quarterback, this is, you know, this is like the Mahomes situation in Kansas City, where you're getting a really talented young passer who needs some refinement going to a potential situation where you have a coach like Andy Reid and all the structure that's in place that we saw happen with Mahomes in 2017 so obviously I think that Wilson gives them the highest upside out of those three Lee what say you I'd like to see the Niners take Trey Lance man he's he's the second rated quarterback I have on my draft board Um, I guess I have similar feelings about Shanahan I'm definitely not as uh, attracted to Shanahan as Tommy is, but that's because Tommy thinks he's the best quarter or best coach in the NFL. Like he said, I think he's amongst some of the best uh, offensive minds in the NFL. I don't know if I would be quite ready to say he's the best coach in the NFL, but I do completely agree that he will put whoever he drafts in a good position to win. Um, I would say that he's probably a top five coach for a new quarterback coming onto a team. He's one of the top five guys that would come to mind to help groom them and put them in positions to succeed. Um, and kind of like people are throwing out the Josh Allen comparison, I guess I understand it from a standpoint of just like playing low-level competition in college and having all the kind of physical tools to succeed, but not really um, proving yourself as a consistently accurate and precise thrower of the football. Um, I still think Trey Lance is a better thrower of the football than Josh Allen, and I think um, San Francisco could help him reach his potential with the playmakers they have around him, and I think that he ultimately could – like Tom, it's just like how Tommy thinks with Wilson has the most upside. I just think Lance has the most upside. So um, that would that would be the guy that I would like to see to go to San Francisco because I do think that um, maybe not in year one, but year the, near the end of year two and going into year three, uh, this is a guy who could be completely change my opinion on um, who the best quarterbacks in that division are. Yeah, it's just definitely an, an interesting trade. I. What do you think uh, with the with the Dolphins now sitting at six? Do you think that's a wide receiver spot, or do you think with Will Fuller kind of in place that they look maybe just to add to the O line? 
Um, yeah, I kind of want to come into here too because I wanted to just touch on. I know I'm the highest on Tua out of out of you guys, um, and I I tend to agree with Lee that you know for different reasons. I think that I wouldn't say the Dolphins are losers. I think if you're going to call them them losers in any way, it would be the fact that they couldn't secure Penny Sewell and get like you know a generational that projectional that uh, you know that high potential of uh, left tackle in their in their building. I think that's what would make them losers. But that being said, I think you know what they did. And I mean, Clep, what did the Dolphins gain today? In all moves included, did they gain an extra first round? Yeah, they gain from- they gain an extra third next year and an extra first in twenty twenty three, and you fall back okay. and you go and, and you go back gave- three spots. Yeah, so I um, I think the Dolphins' offensive line, man, is really bad. You know, like it, I think it, it's going to be hard to pass up on the potential of one of those receivers to give yourself a you know Devonte Parker, Will Fuller, insert your number one receiver there because he probably will be there, and a um and a, and a player like Mike Gesicki as well. But I never was a big Austin Jackson guy last year coming out of USC. Robert Hunt is not, I think, a long term option at right tackle. I think he's more of a guard. I think the interior of their offensive line is is pretty solid and has some some youth and promise with Hunt and uh, Solomon Kindley, but really they don't really have any blue chips. I think, at least from my perspective, on the offensive line. So I I personally think that this has to be a Sewell or Slater spot um, for them at six. But uh, that being said, I don't think it would be. You know, obviously I'm never gonna poo-poo a team for taking a guy like Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, or Devonte Smith at at six as well. So. And I think this is huge for Tua. I mean, just to like touch on Tua real quick, I think you know he was coming off a catastrophic hip injury last year, had a shortened off season. Um, you know, this is a big this is a big year for Tua. And I think Klepp, kind of by your logic, which I agree with, like if you don't like your quarterback, then you should always be trying to upgrade at that position. And I understand where your criticism of what the Dolphins did today comes from because they're kind of taking themselves out of that running. But I think you equally could say the same about the Eagles with Jalen Hurts, who I think. I would much. I would rather have Tua than Jalen Hurts going forward, um, and I probably am the highest on Hurts out of out of all you guys. But I think you know, all in all, I think all of these teams really are are not completely SOL just because of the future draft capital that they acquired. You know, with Miami and Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mean to. The other thing too that I guess I can say, obviously, maybe not so much now that you've sent that first round pick um, next year to the Eagles, but the Dolphins still have more than enough capital. Next year, you know, if, if Tua plays plays poorly, to jump up and and make another move uh, for a quarterback, so um, definitely something too that can still happen down the road with them because of all the capital they acquired. And Lee, I mean, you did you did say obviously with the teams that made moves that maybe there aren't any losers, but I think the losers are, you know, at off the top of my head would be the Broncos and the Panthers, hoping that you know one of these guys would fall to them. Or even the Lions. Uh, the Lions have been pretty active. They were in Provo uh, for the Zach Wilson Pro Day. Um, Dan Campbell went to North Dakota State for uh, Trey Lance's Pro Day. So they've definitely been snooping around on these quarterbacks. And so th- those three teams, I think your 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 hope was, I guess, if you were hoping for a quarterback to fall, was that the Jets would take Penny Sewell, and then the you know Dolphins would take a wide receiver. And then, you know, maybe even the Falcons would take a player like Pitts and the, you know, the, it would just kind of keep rolling on down and you would maybe even have a chance to choose between a 
Justin Fields or, or Trey Lance or something like that. And I don't think that that's a likely scenario uh, anymore. Um, so what do you think these teams, you know, try and do? I feel like most, more than likely the Lions just stand pat at seven and take the best player available. But if you're a team like the Panthers or the Broncos who notoriously were in on Stafford, were, you know, assume, presumably, you know, thinking about moving up as well, um, where do you think they stand? Yeah, I think that's a good point. I also think that you can add the Jets into the losers of today if you want to put it that way too because even if they do get a new quarterback, just the the value of Sam Darnold is just going down by each with each passing day that they don't trade him, I feel like now, because they're just kind of pigeon, pigeonholing themselves into a situation where, you know, if they wanted to hold on to Darnold, they probably have would have made a move by now. They would have been the team to make the move today to let a team come up and get in that quarterback territory. So they obviously don't want to do that. Um, and now that teams know that, they're going to undershoot for Darnold and and end up probably getting him at, or selling him away at a lower price than they could have a month ago or so. Um, but, yeah, Carolina, Denver, the Lions, I guess. I mean, I don't necessarily think that um, those teams are losers either because we don't know what they think about the quarterbacks like – Carolina and Denver could not really be that interested in in being in that top mix of teams and don't and don't want to oversell to to get into that situation. Um, I don't necessarily think that these teams are winners just because they're getting quarterbacks because we don't know how good these guys are going to be. But I don't know. I think that there definitely will be some more moves that are made with those teams, whether it be a team like Carolina or Denver trading for Darnold or trading for Garoppolo or um, maybe even taking a guy like Mac Jones at, at the eighth or ninth pick. Um, I still think that some of those things are, are highly possible. And, and just to, uh, I think a, a nice little point of context that I pretty much agree with you, you both of you guys on your rhetoric on uh, Carolina and Denver is I think Carolina might even be a little bit worse, uh, a bigger, a bigger loser just because I don't think the chances of Atlanta trading with them as opposed to Denver um, to get into the top five, I think, you know, are, are close to none, you know, like Atlanta's not going to, benefit Carolina's long-term plans, um, which I think really pigeonholes Carolina into uh, Mac Jones or Sam Darnold. And much like I've been vocal about San Francisco moving up, I think if I'm Denver, I think you got to be doing all you can to get to that number four uh, selection with Atlanta and taking, you know, whomever you like out of Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and, and Mac Jones. And it seems to me that, like, now Justin Fields is getting soured on. Um, I saw Gil Brandt tweet that, He's talked to some teams that have fourth-round grades on Justin Fields, which I just think is ridiculous. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, if I had to bet right now, I think it would go Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, and then I think Fields would be probably – it looks like Fields is going to be the fourth quarterback off the board to me, which I think is, is pretty insane when you think about where we were, you know, a month, two months ago. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's definitely too something that I think, Tommy, we talked about on Monday where I was just saying, like, I don't see the – the talk, at least on Twitter, around fields that I do for Lance and Wilson um, going, you know, after that. So, I mean, these are definitely, you know, huge, huge trades, I think, too. If you're, if you're Jalen Hurts, you're, you're pretty happy that I don't think the, the Eagles will be dipping into the quarterback um, pool. They kind of took themselves out of that by moving back to, to 12. Um, you know, I think they could still be in a prime spot to, to add a receiver there. I think you would... I don't. I I do believe that one of Pitts, Waddle, Smith, or 
you know, you know, maybe even Chase, uh, that would be kind of more unlikely, I think, might, you know, will be at 12 and you'll have an opportunity to get a pass catcher or, you know, even being able to take a, a lineman like Vera Tucker or, or something like that at that point too would be extremely possible for them. Yeah, I just don't understand how you can have a fourth round grade on, like I, I don't know, I feel like they're, there are definitely teams that have fourth round grades on Lance or Wilson too, or something of that nature. Like I don't think Fields is the only one that um, maybe it's just draft Twitter, but I just find it hard to believe that that it's like that clear cut. Um, like I wouldn't be shocked at all if Fields got drafted to the 49ers with the third pick. Um, yeah, I guess I just wanted to say that. Like it doesn't make sense to me that uh, you could have a fourth-round grade on Fields and, and have Wilson as, like, your number two-rated quarterback and have, like, a, a, a – like, that just – that just doesn't add up. There's just something wrong yeah. with what – because no, they're, like, I fairly can... similar players. Um, and, 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 and to have that big of a difference between them, I just – I don't know where that would be coming from, really. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, and I think, you know, if, if San Francisco, I, I think we all kind of are smelling a little BS with San Francisco saying that Garoppolo's, oh, we're committed to Garoppolo for the long, you know, or at least for the short term. But I mean, a guy like Trey Lance, I think, you know, the fact that he might have the highest ceiling out of all of them, but probably is, needs a little bit of seasoning just based on how little he's thrown the ball in his college career and, and the lack of repetition that he has. It seems like San Francisco would be a natural fit. Yeah, I, I would I would love to see Lance in San Francisco just because I think a lot of what you know he did at North Dakota State, you know, while I think he has you know elite ability to to be mobile, it it was not a lot of improvisation, right? It was it was a lot of you know we're running the play action this way, and then you know they ran a lot of those tight end wheels, and you're going to hit the tight end, right? A lot of it was was designed. So in that sense, you know, I almost feel like where as the appeal with Wilson is a lot of you know, kind of freelancing and, and making things happen that aren't always there. So I, I do think that in that sense, Trey Lance would be kind of what, what Shanahan might be looking for. Yeah, and I think that there's an argument to be made for Trey Lance being a safer pick than Wilson just because of his measurables and his athletic ability. Like, Trey Lance, you, it doesn't take very much watching Trey Lance to know that, yeah, he's for sure an NFL athlete. He's for sure got the NFL body type. I mean... You watch the pro days, and there's never been a bad quarterback pro day like that. That doesn't exist. But uh, I think Teddy, I think Teddy Bridgewater had one. Did he? I mean, I just and then remember, and then Manziel had a great one. So Manziel had like the best pro day ever. Yeah. And and, and it's just like yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I I think that yeah, I don't know. I don't want to turn this into a a quarterback uh, too much of a quarterbacks conversation, but um. It would make a lot of sense uh, to me for a team like like San Francisco to like a guy like Lance, um, just based on like how, how Tommy feels about Shanahan is is fairly true for the most part when it comes to him putting players in a in a good position. They're obviously tired of Garoppolo, and uh, I think that when it comes, it, it almost like plays in Lance's benefit that one of his strengths isn't being improvisational in a way for San Francisco. Because they have a really good offensive line, they've had an awesome run game with Raheem Mostert as their 
as their feature running back for the past two and a half years. Um, we saw what Ayuk did last year as a rookie receiver. Debo was banged up. Kittle's arguably the best tight end in the league. If you can get a guy like Trey Lance um, in there and, and groom him up a little bit, I think uh, I think he's more NFL ready than 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 Wilson is, just based on the fact that I think he'll be able to to settle into uh, you know a scripted offense easier, and he'll be able to take more hits and be a better athlete, which is which will go a long way, which goes a long way for rookie quarterbacks, I think. Um, yeah, and and something I just want to add too, or re- another reason why I was so, you know, I was so sold on the idea of San Francisco trading up in this draft too, is because of just the athleticism of, you know, all four of these guys. I guess Wilson to a little bit lesser of extent, but Kyle Shanahan has never had that in any of his quarterbacks. You know, whether it be Matt Ryan or Kirk Cousins or, you know, I guess Johnny Manziel is the most is the most athletic quarterback that that Kyle Shanahan has ever had and you know he didn't even really want him at all so I'm really intrigued by the the possibility of him having a real difference maker uh and you know with a quarterback with some mobility where do you guys think this sticks the the Falcons where I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that QBs go one through three um there's going to be one of the top four consensus top four left over um at that point do you think they just kind of take whoever falls to them if they, you know, have a good grade on them? Or do you think they might be more inclined to just, hey, let's go get the best player in the draft who we think, you know, isn't a quarterback? Um, in terms of what I would do, I, I think what I said it earlier this week on our earlier pods. I mean, if I'm Atlanta, uh, I've been pretty, con- you know, consistent on this. Like, I, you got to take a quarterback. But what I think they will do um, – they it's I, I was reading they restructured Matt Ryan's deal and pushed a lot of his money down the line so it actually makes it harder for them to get out of his contract I think like for the next three years like there's a lot of dead cap they did that to free up cap space for this year so I think they're either going to trade or take a guy like Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase probably if I had to guess like it would be taking an you know an offensive weapon whoever they think uh, you know, whoever they value the most because, you know, Julio is getting up there. Ridley is coming off his rookie contract and, you know, and Ridley came out when he was 23. So Calvin Ridley has to be, you know, close to 27 or 28 at this point now too. So I think they would probably attack, uh, you know, getting an offensive weapon of some sort and really committing to Matt Ryan. Yeah, I mean, this trade definitely doesn't bode well for them when it comes to getting a quarterback because you're in the back seat now. Um, so, I mean, the short answer would be, yeah, take a quarterback, but not if if they're one of the teams that had a fourth round grade on on, on yeah. fields, then all of a sudden it's like no, you shouldn't do that. And hey, I mean maybe there's other teams that had Fields as the best quarterback in the draft that would want to move up. So I think Atlanta could potentially be in a position where um, they're getting a, a fairly you know comfortable package in exchange for the fourth pick. And I wouldn't rule out them drafting Penny Sewell just because he is a premier left tackle and their offensive line isn't necessarily great. I mean, they upgraded it over the past couple drafts, but I still would say it's a middling offensive line. And if you want, you know, Matt Ryan to make the most of these last, you know, I don't think Matt Ryan is a very good quarterback anymore, but you know, it'd be unfair to say that he's, he's bad at this point. So if you're sticking with Matt Ryan and you want to try to fit in this one and a half or two year window you have with him, Julio and Ridley, um, maybe get a premier left tackle in there in Sewell to try to try to bolster things up on the offensive line. But 
I mean, the way that division is trending right now, um, they need a lot of help on the defensive side of the ball. So I don't necessarily think it'd be the worst idea in the world for them to take a uh, you know a loaded package to move down a few spots um, and, and get some more draft capital over you know maybe the later rounds of this year or or next year. And I, maybe I'll I'll put a little over under here um, with Mac Jones. Would you say over or under fourteen and a half? Where he gets picked. Under. Yeah. Under, under. We really should have swallowed up those 15 and a half two weeks ago or whatever it was. Yeah, I'm not as confident as you are, I don't think. But I would say under right now. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, we know that these quarterbacks are all going to be gone that aren't named Mac Jones are all going to be gone, you know, in the first six picks or so. Maybe even the first four. Um so then it's just a matter of like if Carolina or Denver or I don't know who else, you know, maybe a, a dark horse team moving up likes Mac Jones or likes Darnold or likes Garoppolo or, you know, someone else because it's just, yeah, it's just going to come down to who, who likes Mac Jones. I mean, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if one of these teams has had him rated as a top 15 prospect and is going to pull the trigger on him, but I also wouldn't be shocked if, you know, those first quarterbacks go in the, in the blink of an eye and then we get past the ninth pick and Mac Jones isn't taken yet and all of a sudden we've got a six-pick race here to see if one of these teams is going to pull the trigger on Mac Jones. And a couple of those teams I don't think have any chance of doing it. Like, I don't think the Giants are going to take Mac Jones. I don't think the Vikings are going to take Mac Jones. The Chargers obviously aren't. So there's definitely a few teams in there that are definitely not going to do it. So I feel like if he, can, if he doesn't get picked in the top ten – then uh, I wouldn't be too confident that he's going to get picked in the top 14. I, I just think, I, Lee, you're completely right in terms of team fit, but there would have to be a trade of some sort, whether it's New England moving up a couple spots or, you know, a Washington or Chicago. Um, you know, and maybe this, this is I just mean, me projecting. I think New England is more likely to trade less capital for a guy like Garoppolo than to trade... Because if you want to move up in the draft to get Mac Jones, they're going to have to over trade. Like they're going to have. Wouldn't that be something if Garoppolo went back to New England? Well, that's a lot of connections that people are making, but I think there's two things that I would mention. One, just Garoppolo's contract, just like taking on fifty million dollars of Jimmy Garoppolo. When at least I think that Mac Jones, especially at his the contract, the control, the cost control contract you're going to get, would be a much better idea. And the fact that I think they do want to stick with Cam for at least like eight games to a year. Like, I don't, and how much they've spent in free agency. They've spent so much money that I don't even know if they really can take on Jimmy Garoppolo's contract for at least, you know, maybe they can this year, but going forward, they just have spent so much money in free agency that I, I think the only way that they can sustain that is with kind of well, a, a cheap contract. And I guess my question would Cam be Newton. if it's not the Patriots, who's going to move up to draft him? Because. I think Chicago, Washington. I don't. Chicago for sure. I don't know. If you're man. a Bears, if like, are the Bears? If, unless the Bear, like, if are you really just going to go into next year with Andy Dalton and you know basically tank? Um, I mean, yeah, I think that's totally what they're going to do. But I, I mean, I agree with you. That's what it looks like now. But can Ryan Pace afford to do that? Can Matt Nagy afford to do that? Can they? I don't know what vote of confidence. I mean, if they make uh, the playoffs again, like they did this year. I mean, they made the playoffs with a two-team with Nick Foles and Trubisky. 
But come on, I, we don't we don't think they're making the playoffs this year. I mean, they might, that's a big you know, they, they might. They were going to make the playoffs last year. We were yeah. wrong. Yeah, but even yeah, like, <laughs> no, no, totally. But I think they've I think they've downgraded at the quarterback position. I would say, yeah. and I think their yeah. defense. They're. I think Andy Dalton's a okay, slight maybe, upgrade it's over. It's tough eight. to downgrade from Trubisky and Foles last year. Yeah, I just think the team is going to be worse, and so much of their year last year was just like them starting off five and zero. And what going four and how what four and seven? I just don't know how smart it would be to compound their lack of ability to bring a quarterback in in free agency by like doubling down and trading up for the consensus number five quarterback in the draft because he's going to be available. Like, I just don't know if that is necessarily the best way to go about doing it. I don't think it's out of the question, but I do think that. Do you think my. I think that in the case of New England, Washington, and Chicago, I can say for all those teams, I'm way less confident they're going to trade up to draft a quarterback after free agency than I was before free agency. And that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Fair enough. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but I do think that the chances, the likelihood of it happening are like a, are like a lot lower now than they were do a couple you- weeks ago. Do you not think, though, in a vacuum that Mac Jones is an upgrade over Andy Dalton? No, I don't. Like for this year, even going forward, you just no. would rather have... If I'm a Bears fan, I'm not like champing at the bit for them to trade up to get Mac Jones. Like that's not really... I don't think that moves the needle for your team that much. The offensive line is still awful. Like you, you, you're still going to be relying on the defense heavily. The, the, there's a, still a huge question mark next to the coach and the GM. I don't think that I want them to draft a quarterback if I'm a fan. You already they swung and missed on their their first quarterback. What if like I don't know like who knows how long Nagy and Pace are going to be around? Like you just said, you really want them drafting your next quarterback too? I don't know, man. I mean, I don't I don't hate Mac Jones. I just I just don't know if the Bears have even the luxury of doing that. I think they need to kind of continue to build their roster, and uh, you know. I don't know. I, I think it'd be a little bit knee jerk for them. To yeah, I, I think I think Bears most Bears fans are kind of in the mode I was in last year, where it was just like, I don't really trust what any of these guys are are doing. Mm-hmm. And and at what point, you know, are you going to trade up? And I don't think obviously trading, you know, trading from twelve to three would be a lot different than trading from you know twenty to to you know thirteen or fourteen, right, to get in front of the Patriots potentially, but. You know, you're not going to be. You probably won't have to give up a first round pick to do that. Um, but at the same time, you know that's just less resources that you have. You know, going forward, and you know this is also a team that just hasn't had a ton of draft capital the last two years because of the Cleo Mack trade. Yeah, and I just think I, mean, I think it's. I, a- I I just like I'm I'm always I'm always, uh, you know, like. I'm ready to push back against just like the drafting a quarterback for the sake of drafting a quarterback because you need a quarterback argument. Like they're not, I will, they're not in a position to draft a quarterback right now. And I don't think, I, just, I disagree. I don't think Their that team, Mac Jones is better than Andy Dalton in a vacuum. I don't think that Mac Jones is a franchise changing player. Um, and I don't think that the, that's their best option. Um, right now, with the with the assets they have, draft wise, um, you know, so I guess that's where I, that's yeah. where I stand. I, yeah, I guess I'll just say I, 
mocking for the Bears is just very hard for me because they're in such a weird spot at 20 where, like, yeah, maybe they go after a guy like Rashad Bateman, like they could use another receiver, but they, I guess A-Rob's back in the building this year. They still have Anthony Miller and, and Darnell Mooney. Like, you raised some valid points about their offensive line. They could use another corner. Well, their offensive with, line is, like, is it not bottom five in the NFL? I wouldn't say that right now. I think it is. It is. It's pretty bad. It's really bad. It was awful last year. They don't have. They don't have any. They don't have like one tackle. They don't have any tackles that like give you any confidence. uh, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. You know, their their offensive line is a a strength. It's it's below average. But when you talk about bottom five offensive lines, the the interior is okay with white hair and and um, Daniels. Daniels was hurt last year, but um, you know, I think. You know, you, you, you could easily look at a Tevin Jenkins in, in that spot for, for the Bears. and just... Well, I'm just speaking off of Jonah. The Bears fans I know, Jonah and Blake, both are both say they want offensive line. Right? They both say that they have a terrible offensive line. You look at the depth chart, they don't have tackles. You're at the 20th spot in a fairly deep offensive line class. Like, there's going to be a good tackle available at 20. Um, I, I, I'd say sit there, take a tackle. Don't bite off more than you can chew. And see what you can do with Andy Dalton. I'm, I'm, I don't. The expectations aren't high. I don't think that <laughs> yeah. the team's going to be that good. But the alternative is okay. We trade it up. So now you probably don't have a second round pick if you want to trade up, or if you don't, if you do have a second round pick, you probably you lose. Pick. You would probably give up your second. You give up your second or a first next year or something like that. And no, God forbid yeah. you did that. That would be a terrible move because <laughs> because now you have Mac Jones who. I don't think Mac Jones is better than Andy Dalton at this minute. He definitely isn't better than Andy Dalton, especially in an NFL setting. And you have an awful offensive line still with an immobile quarterback and like a mediocre team of weapons around him. You know, I mean, I you could even be looking at corner there. Yeah, that's what I that's what I would do. I would look at corner. I think, of course, I, trading a first round pick next year would be idiot. You know, idiocy and whatever whatever the word is and and. You know, I think it's probably. I don't think they would have to give up a second. They'd probably have to give up a third. You look at the Rosen trade from the Cardinals. The Cardinals went from fifteen to ten and traded a third round pick. And you know, maybe that was Mike Mayock being you know incompetent in in his first draft. But um, or maybe that was not. Maybe that wasn't his first draft. That was the Colton Miller draft. That was the year before. But you know, anyway, I don't think they'd have to give up too much. And it's just all about you know whether you think Mac Jones is an upgrade over Randy Dalton. If you do think it, and Mac Jones is an upgrade over Randy Dalton, then I think it's a no-brainer because this is a team that made the playoffs last year. This is a team that, you know, seems to hang around and be mediocre despite, you know, at least me thinking that they were, you know, doomed for the seller for the you know, past couple years. And they have some nice players. Like, Mac Jones, obviously, yeah, you guys make bring up good points with the offensive line, but they have nice weapons. A-Rob on the, on the franchise tag with Mooney, Anthony Miller, and, you know, Cole Komet. Like there's worse, there's worse situations I think for a rookie quarterback or even a guy like Andy Dalton to come into. Um, but yeah, if I had to stick and pick, like you guys are right, like they they need to depth to tackle and you know right now Jalen Johnson had a really nice rookie year, but they definitely could use another corner across from him now too. Where do you think where do you think the floor is for Mac Jones? Is it at twenty if he's there, just like on the board for the Bears? I would I would say so. Uh, I don't know. I think I'd go. I think I'd go lower. I think there could be a free fall, perhaps. Um, you think he gets past Pittsburgh at twenty four, or New Orleans at twenty eight, or or the Bucks at thirty two? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, 
I guess I would be shocked, but it, but, it, but there are other things that could happen that would be more shocking to me than Mac Jones not getting drafted in the first round. Um, I don't know. I, I think that if he does get to 20 and the Bears don't take him, that's like the chances of him going in the first round. That already would prove that the offseason hype was overhyped when it comes to like people saying that he was for sure a, a top 15 pick. Um, like I, I think he'll get drafted in the first round, but I don't know if that, you know. I think I think NFL teams, I wouldn't be surprised if NFL teams are higher on Mac Jones than the media consensus is. I I would be I would be shocked if Max Jones got out of the first round. I'd be shocked. Why do you guys think like why do you guys think, you know, a guy like Tua last year was so, you know, maybe much more hyped up than a guy like Mac Jones who objectively kind of had like a better season? Because of the hype around Tua from like the jump. Yeah. Like Tua started his in. career by being like a legend. Yeah. He was a very high profile recruit. You know, I think that he was he was like uh, attractive media-wise because of just, like, him being from Hawaii and, like, coming to Alabama. And, and like, that was definitely a thing. Like, people knew who he was. Yeah. He was, like, an abstract kind of name and player. And they were dominant. Alabama was a dominant team with him as the quarterback. Um, and I think he was the first guy to play quarterback for Alabama in our lifetime and kind of buck the trend of being a trailer guy who was a Jacob Coker or a Blake Sims or a, you know, A.J. McCarron, he was more so a guy who, wow, this guy's a star, and he's making a lot of really impressive throws, and uh, he's, been a, he's been a winner for us for, for three years or whatever. And then you come into a guy with a guy like Mac Jones, who really seemingly from the start fit the profile of a Jared Coker, of an A.J. McCarron, and then he overperforms, and now people are starting to say, well, you know, this is this was different, you know, and and if it's, I think it's all just perception and like the media, um, because and I, I guess Mac Jones only has one season, kind of right. Yeah, like one, yeah. definitely one and a quarter. I yeah. just think that's a great. That's I, a really interesting question, Club, because if you look at it just from like, if you didn't know anything about what anyone said on the outside, and you just watched Alabama last year and what they were doing with Tua, and then you see Tua kind of go down. And you see Mac Jones come in in the Auburn game, you'd be like, "Wow, I mean, this this guy's really good too. This guy's making a lot of really impressive throws. This is a guy who you could maybe consider to be if he continues to play this way, because the sample size would be small. Like this is a guy who could be considered just as good, if not better, than Tua with, with what he's doing. Um, and then he had a monster year this year. Mac Jones did, and 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 I think that it got to a point where people couldn't really deny the uh, the effectiveness of him as a player, especially coming. Right on the doorstep of the year, you know, and I don't want to put too much like I don't want to put too much too much into this, but I think it's interesting that both Waddle and um, Smith, I think both have said that they thought Mac Jones was better. Yeah, I think that's because Tua already got drafted and he got his money, and they they want to make could be possible. Yeah, I just think it's good. It doesn't surprise me. I I think think Mac Jones is better than Tua. I think. So then, what about eighteen? what do you mean? What about it? Yeah, Dolphins. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I if I were the GM of the Dolphins, like, I would probably trade Tua and draft a quarterback because. But I didn't draft him last year. Like they drafted him last year. Yeah. 
They obviously thought he was really good last year. They thought he was better than Herbert. So uh, here's here's another year. here's another thing. I guess I'll, I'll ask um, Lee specifically because you and I last year were not exactly big fans of the Dolphins draft class. So I guess like I what is it. yeah I know I mean that would, I was trying to put it I guess a little bit lightly yeah, yeah. Uh, you know I mean we we mainly with the Noah egg pick at at thirty but there was a lot of other things that we just didn't really think they did a good job of doing Raquan Davis too that was a big uh, big swing and a miss for for us who played who, who played well as a rookie <laughs> I might add. We hated Raekwon Davis. That was the guy we did not like. Right? Yeah, no, I, I did not like him either, but he he, was, he um, had a good rookie season. He was a starting D-tackle. But, uh, oh. So did Solomon Kinley. Yeah. But um, I guess like... <laughs> <laughs> Leo's. Solomon Leo, Leo's Kinley. Um, oh, I don't want to give I don't want to give Club PTSD and bring yeah, that back oh, up again. Lee, what is... I guess just like what is your confidence level that... You know Chris Greer and and Brian Flores, you know make the most. I mean, because at the same time too, it's kind of impressive. I mean, they took Laramie Tunsil and turned him into four first round picks. Obviously, you got a huge favor they from the Texans just that's bottoming out. But that's incompetence at its finest. Yeah, but the like, Texans had a run of incompetence, and I won't give credit to the teams that benefited off of it necessarily for being like savvy in any way. They just kind of it's like taking advantage of Daigle. Yeah, <laughs> you're not you're not a savvy trader. You just took advantage of Daigle. Um, but like, I guess, what is your confidence level that they turn you know pick six, pick eight, pick eighteen, like into guys that help them win? Honestly, not that high. I don't think I probably think higher at six, just because it's yeah, the six pick. And I think the Dolphins will be good. But I just like a, my overall confidence in the Dolphins is like not low, but it's just like limited. Like I, I just. Part of it's because of Tua. Part of it's because of the way they've drafted. Um, I like Will Fuller a lot, but like I'm interested to see how he kind of works in that offense. Uh, Tommy brought up the the questions along the offensive line. I think that they're going to be in a position where they're going to get, you know, I think they're going to they're going to be salivating over a playmaker because it'd be hard not to in the position that they're in with the sixth pick, and maybe they'll pass up on a offensive lineman, but. They might swing back and get one at 18. I think the defense is good. But just based on the way the division is trending right now with the Bills, I think the Patriots are going to be better than they were last year. Um, I don't think the Patriots are going to be great by any means, but I don't think the Dolphins are going to be beating either of those teams twice. You know, like I don't think they're really rising um, to any higher level than they did last year. I thought they overperformed a little bit last year. And I think that they're right in that range of, Seven to nine wins, I think, for me this year. Um, I think they'll probably win a couple games that they shouldn't and lose a couple games that they shouldn't. Um, but yeah, Clep, I think that's a great question. I'm really interested to see, um, even if we just narrow it down to like what the Dolphins did in the first round last year. Um, I, I was I couldn't disagree with the moves they made more with with Jackson and Noah Egg and even Tua. Um, Tua being the least, the one I criticize the least, just because they were in desperate need of a quarterback and they had that that position that was obviously their guy. Um, so yeah, I will be interested to see, interested to see what they do this year. But overall, my outlook on the Dolphins is just like a well coached, gritty team that doesn't really have too many difference makers on the offensive side of the ball, but is going to play hard and 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 play well defensively and disciplined week in and week out and. Time will tell whether or not Tua is going to be part of the recipe for success for them over the next, you know, one to three years. Yeah, it all it all lays on Tua. 
Uh, just to bring it back to Mac Jones to a conversation because it's something that I'm really fascinated by and I was high on Tua last year and I think it's a it, you know him going forward is going to be a nice learning lesson for me. Um, but I do think like just to take us back a year, like I think Tua is a better prospect than Mac Jones is just because he's a little bit more explosive of an athlete. I think he has a little bit better of an arm. I think the thing with Mac Jones that gets teams excited is his you know which this is you know granted I think this is overblown but. There are team, you know, a lot of people who like to circulate that he has like a Burrow-esque kind of demeanor and aura about him. That he's an, a winner and a gamer, and you know, he's like Joe Burrow did last year. You know, where Burrow does not has an average NFL arm, but still managed to be the first pick in a draft where I think Tua and Herbert both had better arm talent than him because of his moxie, pretty much, and his ability, you know, to make plays off script and everything like that, and what he did and how special he was um, at LSU. And I think a lot of the Mac Jones intrigue comes from that, you know, level of swagger and moxie that he's perceived to have. And yeah. yeah I mean, Lee, Lee, not to maybe send you into the, into the mirror room, I guess, but like what, what percentage chance would you say like the team that drafts Mac Jones and the team that drafts Kellen Mond ends up looking better in the long run than the 49ers? Um, well, that's tough for me because if the 49ers draft Trey Lance, in my opinion, that would be great. For or let's franchise. just say maybe the team that drafts Zach Wilson. I think that, I mean, I think that the team that drafts Jones or, or, or Mond will undoubtedly look better because I don't believe in Zach Wilson as an NFL quarterback. That's just kind of the bottom line. Like, so, I mean, it, it may be a little bit racy to say, but I mean, I just don't, I wouldn't draft Zach Wilson in the first round probably because I don't really think that he's going to project to be uh, a star NFL player, and that's really why he's the number two quarter. The consensus number two quarterback is because most people think he's gonna. He has potential to be a superstar. I like. Obviously, I guess I can. It'd be stupid for me to say I don't see where they're coming from. But just based on the analysis that I did, I uh, Zach Wilson like would not be in that conversation of someone who could be a superstar. I don't think. He's the type of guy who would be drafted number one in a draft without Lawrence. Like in my, this is all in my opinion. So, I would rank Zach Wilson closer to Mac Jones and Kellen Mond than I would to uh, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and in, in, in Trevor Lawrence. So, I absolutely think that, due to the fact that Zach Wilson will be drafted in the top four, and Kellen Mond and in, 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 in Mac Jones will draft will be drafted anywhere from at the highest fifteen with Mac Jones or, or thirteen, all the way up down to wherever. Mond may be drafted 55 or 60, whatever it is. I obviously think there's going to be more value on the back end there with a guy like Jones or Mond than I do with Wilson. And, you know, that's just something that I'm going to have to face in the years to come. With If Wilson gets drafted by the Jets and is undoubtedly better than Darnold and turns that team around, which is a possibility, I'll be the guy who was wrong on Wilson. And if he's not, then, you know, I'll, uh, I will have a, you know, a solid take on Wilson, I guess. That's just... It's just kind of what yeah. it comes down to. Just I'm uh, I'm surfing the web right now, and I got a Dane Brugler tweet that just came up that I think is relevant. Text from NFL scout who was at BYU Pro Day. Draft starts at three. Wilson's going too. Yeah. So that's well. That's what I said, it, Tommy. Before you came on the Skype, I said that to Clep. Basically, today proved that the top two picks are chalk at this point, and yeah, especially with the Jets sending Salah. Uh, Salah, uh, was it LaFleur and Douglas, all went to Provo. They sent the big guns there. 
I mean, you know, pro days are pro days. You, you know, you make a throw and everyone starts clapping and hollering, and, and that's basically the extent of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I will say, like, without trying, like, I'm I'm naturally like being offensive to Zach Wilson. I have nothing really against the kid. I honestly like hope he does well. I don't wish bad upon anybody, but uh, I really will be genuinely interested to see how this move is going to affect the Jets because I just don't see – and to be fair, even with a guy like Trey Lance, who would be my number two quarterback, literally even with a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who's who people regard as a transcendent talent, if the Jets had the number one pick, like I don't think that that solves their problems, like getting even getting Trevor Lawrence. So like for me, having a second-round grade on, on Zach Wilson, them drafting him with the number two pick – I obviously am projecting that to be a catastrophe for the New York Jets. So I'm very I'm, – I'm fascinated to see how the situation plays out. We just got through talking about the Dolphins um, and that division. I think that, you know, that's going to be a competitive division with the Bills, Dolphins, and Patriots. And for the Jets to bring Zach Wilson in, I'm going to be really interested to see how he fares against, you know, the, the Brian Flores, Bill Belichick's, and Sean McDermott's of the world for the next couple of years. If I – I just wanted to ask Lee a question real quick. If you could kind of go back through, since you've been you've been been the uh, the official Doctor Spin the Hog at the Back Judge <laughs> podcast since 2017, if you can cont- uh, contextualize where Wilson ranks in the uh, in the last like four drafts, you know where he compares to your like, do you like him more than Tua and Herbert? Because last year you were you know Tua and Herbert, I assume were like round two guys for yeah. you. Obviously, Locke and Daniel Jones and Haskins were day not round one guys for you. 2018, you know, who were your round one guys? Rosen, Darnold, and no, Mayfield? No, I didn't have Rosen. I didn't have Rosen. So, so just Mayfield and I said and Rosen Darnold? would be on Wall Street in three years. That's one of my best takes ever. It was, Yeah, ba- Baker was a first round and Darnold was a first round guy. I didn't have anyone else as a first round guy. Um, and then Kyler was, was a first round guy, and I had Will Greer. I had a, a first round grade on Will Greer. I won't shy away from it. Um, though, and then Deshaun and, and, uh, Deshaun and Deshaun and Deshaun and uh, uh, is that it? Yeah, that was it. You didn't have Kaiser like me. That huh? was it. No, no, no. I just had Deshaun, and then I had I think I had second round grades on just about everybody else or third. Um, yeah, I think Wilson. I think Wilson's an enticing second round prospect. The the reason why I would push him down to the second round is because I believe that if things go wrong for him, they're going to go really wrong. He has a little bit of an injury history. Um, I don't. He's. I was surprised that he measured in at six two today. I thought he was going to be just shy of six two. Even being six two, he doesn't really have like a big frame. Uh, on film, he looks small. I saw a tweet today that I identified with too. I think it was like Mike Golick Jr. or something. Where uh, Wilson is like a few inches shorter than Lawrence, but I think ten or fifteen pounds heavier. And uh, Golick said Lawrence looks a foot taller and like fifty pounds heavier on on. Film and I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, Lawrence just looks like a bigger dude on film. Wilson does look kind of slight on film, um, and I do like there are some awesome throws that Wilson makes off platform, improvisational, improvisational, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I don't want to undercut him too much with the with the level of competition that he was going up against because you know that that's a, a fairly subjective argument. I would just more so say even if you're doing improvisational things in the SEC, the NFL is just a different game. Like. Playing quarterback in the NFL is just so different, and I think a lot of the stuff Wilson did on tape that was impressive, he's just not going to be able to get away with in the NFL, and a lot of that stuff seemed a lot more impressive than it actually was um, just because of the situation that he was in and the, 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 the how clean of a pocket he had. I mean, a lot of the, the film looked like seven-on-seven seven tape. It just is like him 
ripping it around the field, and the kid can undoubtedly throw. He's got a good arm. I'm not saying he's terrible, but I just don't – there wasn't really enough substance in the sample size I had from Zach Wilson for me to say that he is, you know, a top-end talent at quarterback. I, I think it was a lot more sizzle than it was steak, I guess. I get that. So just to answer the question, would you – do you have – like of your day two guys, or not round one guys, so you named off all your round one guys, Yeah. where would he slot in? Is he – behind Tua or ahead of Tua in between Tua and Herbert or is he the best you think of all of the guys that have been consensus round one guys that you haven't been as high on I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot but like I think you think higher of him than like Haskins Daniel Jones and Drew Locke I definitely think uh, higher of him than Haskins Daniel Jones and Drew Locke I I think I would probably take him over Tua too um because I don't I don't know I, I I don't I don't like Tua that much I never really did um it's tough for me to say I like Herbert more than him because last year I like liked Herbert as much as I hated him just because he was so inconsistent to me in college. Um, but I'd say he probably, to be fair, I had Eason and Herbert ranked like relatively similar. I put Zach Wilson like right in that kind of area where if things go well for him, I, I can see him succeeding in the NFL. I never can see him being a superstar. I'll say that about Herbert and Eason too. Those were guys I, I thought to myself, I don't think these guys will ever be superstars or stars in the NFL. Herbert's already, I guess, kind of proving me wrong. Um, but these are guys who I also thought at the same token are worth a second-round pick because I do think they could be successful starters in the NFL if given the correct supporting cast and coaching. Um, so I would say that Wilson would be right in that range of like Herbert, Eason, um, you know, Maybe throw like Greer in there, like a little bit higher than those guys, like in that kind of category of like guys I wouldn't be excited to draft in the top fifteen, but guys that I definitely would think about drafting in the in the last ten picks of the first round or the first fifteen picks of the second round. Lee, where do you think? What, I mean, what do you think the Jets end up getting for Darnold? And where do you? I mean, do you have an idea of where you think that, he ends up at this point? That's a great question, Adam. I mean. I really think that, and this is more Darnold bias coming out, I think Carolina and Denver would be doing themselves a detrimental disservice by not trading for Sam Darnold. I think that Sam Darnold is undoubtedly better than Mac Jones, in my opinion. This is all my opinion, of course. And I think you can get him at a discounted price at this point. I would rather see him go to Carolina because I think they have a better offensive staff with Joe Brady and kind of the, the offense they run and the playmakers they have. I know they lost Curtis Samuel, but surrounding Darnold with McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore, and maybe if you could pluck a guy in the second or third round who you can start in that offense, I think that would be awesome. Not to say Denver doesn't have great weapons. I just like the fit a little bit more in Carolina, but I would I would really underline that, that Carolina and Denver – we, you said that they were losers today. I, I agree for the most part. You're not going to be getting one of these top guys. You need to face that. I think the chances of a Fields or Lance or Wilson, let's, let's say, dropping to eight are next to 0%. You're not, you're not going to get one of those guys. Go ahead, dra- uh, trade a second rounder, or even I could, I could see the Jets taking a third rounder for Darnold at this point because, the, like I said, his, it, they have to. Yeah, they, they have, have to move to. on from They don't him. have a choice. You're not going to bring Wilson into the building and have Darnold be the backup. That's just something you can't do. It's not the same as a Rosen situation because Darnold has actually done impressive things on tape, unlike Rosen. So, but but it, it, it's getting to be a bit like the Rosen situation at this point. Um, so I think my dream scenario would be for him to end up in Carolina or Denver. But 
we talked about the Bears. We talked about the uh, the Washington football team. They still could be dark horse candidates for uh, trading for Darnold. I think Washington, honestly, that would be like I'm I'm less flattered with the Fitzpatrick move than your average person. I don't think that that does much for them offensively, and I think that bringing a young quarterback like Darnold in would be I think that would be a great change of scenery for him, um, and I think putting him Stillers. Putting him next to a top five defense too in Washington would be would just help him so much. I think help his development and allow him to, to have that cushion of, of of you know going to a new place and actually not being on you know a, a terrible team. And I think Ron Rivera would be a good uh, you know veteran coach to, to bring him in. Steelers now the Steelers got Dwayne Haskins man they're good they got the future the future's <laughs> figured out in Pittsburgh. If I could if I could just piggyback off of that real quick because I think Denver and Carolina are the clear two. If you know, as as a Sam Darnold guy like Lee, I think those are the two um, best options. And I mean, I think you know what Denver's done this offseason and what they did in the draft last year. Like, I really think Denver is a quarterback away from being a powerhouse. Yeah, in the, I agree. In the AFC, I really do. Bringing in Kyle Fuller, like, I guess you can point at their offensive line. Juwan James has had some issues, but really, Garrett Bowles played a lot better last year. And you know, I know we all were high on Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. Lee and I were big KJ Hamler guys, and then. Noah Fant, you know, Hamlet is played just, well. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I just think, you know, Cortland Sutton coming back off the ACL tear. Like, Fant was an overdraft. Lo- well, Fant was an overdraft, but even if you take, if you can just look at what he does in terms of being a receiver and the vertical threat that he is and just a nice mismatch at tight end. Like, and I really getting like what Sutton doing. back, too. Exactly. And Tommy, exactly. also to add, and, if they give away a second-round pick, let's say, for Darnold, even – I mean, best case scenario, they gave away a third round pick. You still have the ninth pick. You can draft Elijah Vera Tucker. You can draft Christian Derrissaw. You can draft, you know, I don't yeah. know, whoever your guy Slater. is. Slater. Slater might be there. Whoever the heck your guy I don't care if it's Leatherwood or Eichenberg, whoever. Whoever your favorite tackle is, you can take with the ninth pick. And if you trade that third third round pick away, you can get a, a fairly, you could probably get a guy like Asante Samuel Jr. maybe in the second round. Or a guy like, you know, I don't know who's going to be available at corner, but you can do that too, and then you're, yeah. you're coming into the, the AFC West next year looking competitive as ever. And Lee, I think you summed it up well. I, I mean, I've been a huge Joe Brady fan. Like, I, I completely agree with you. I just wanted to mention, I think Denver, like, that gets me excited just because the team around him would be so good and would really give him the polar opposite situation of the Jets. But obviously, putting him with Joe Brady for a year, I think, would maximize his, you know, play to a certain extent and the weapons that they have that you all mentioned. But the really, the, the point that I wanted to make too was, take our Sam Darnold bias out of it. This kind of goes back to my conversation with Andy Dalton and the Bears and, like, if you can upgrade a quarterback, do it. Getting a second-round pick for Sam Darnold, let's say he sucks next year. For Let's say he goes to Denver, Carolina and is awful, and you gave, let's say you gave a second-round pick for him. Like, who cares? Who cares, really? Like, you're going to be bad again. You're going to be in a position where the worst-case scenario is you have to move on from him and his contract's up and you don't resign and- him. I just think the risk, like, the risk that you're taking on it, and especially when, like, I tend to agree that you probably could get him for a third-round pick at this point just because the Jets are losing leverage by the day, I think, the more, especially if they don't trade him by drafting. So I, I just think the risk for all of these teams is, is next to none. I, is next to none. I would say, too, Tommy, it doesn't take, you know, uh, Daniel Jeremiah to tell you that Sam Darnold's better than Drew Locke. Like, Sam Darnold's better than Drew Locke. I don't care what anybody says. That's a fact. He's better than Drew Locke. Drew Locke sucks. He's proven that he sucks. Denver has even basically Vic Fangio has, in so many words, said Drew Locke sucks. Like he, with every new quote, 
Vic Fangio has about Drew Locke, it's just more and more insulting for the most part. Like, even if Darnold isn't that good, he's still an upgrade from Drew Locke. At the very least, he's a sideways step from Drew Locke. So yeah, just to add on to that, it's not like the prospects at quarterback for Denver are much, like the grass is much greener than Darnold at this point. Why not swing on for a second or third round pick on a guy like that? I'd love to see him do it. Um, and that will be definitely one of the things that I think we're all going to be highly anticipating the most before draft day is kind of like where Darnold's going to go because I have a hard time seeing that deal not getting done before uh, before April 24th or 29th. Any other uh, any other draft draft nugs? Anything we want to go over before signing off here? Big day, big day in the NFL. Big, big day. I'm ripping through the these this QB film. I don't know. Oh yeah, I wanted to. Uh, I, I saw Connor yesterday, and he was saying he was really excited for the four way mock. And I was thinking, hey, let's get a date. Let's get that. Uh, let's get a oh. date set in stone, so we're not. It doesn't have Absolutely. to be this instant, but let's try to get something cemented in, so we all uh, we're all on the same page of, of when to do that, because that's always a lot of fun. Probably, I'm thinking either the Sunday or the Monday before the draft. Yeah, I definitely want to do like yeah. April twenty something, but. Uh, just to maybe get a little. Well, I think I think we got to give the people a three-way BJP brain trust mock before we bring Connor on. I don't know. I think we got. I think we got like two you're mocks. You're always excessive with the mocks, Tommy. Yeah, you know me. I'm always horny for the you're, mocks, you're, you're but a mock uh, boy. <laughs> Why don't you free solo, Tommy? Just, I have yet to do yeah, a mock uh, draft, guys. Well, I have yet to do a mock draft all the way through, and I'm. Uh, I don't think I'm, I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pop my cherry whenever we do that four-way mock. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold, I'm gonna withhold from doing any mocks until we. Uh, and then, of course, the the draft day mock is always get out the piece of paper, start writing it down. Yep. Yep. Well, I'll be doing a free solo, a draft day free solo, regardless. You know, whether I whether I do a a first week of April free solo, I mean, that seems a little excessive. I I just you know, it's it's always good when you get you know more variants, more of more members of our of our brain trust in, and you know we. We get the takes flying, and you know, just don't give Connor that number two pick because he ain't taking Wilson. <laughs> yeah, no, I, he's. I almost feel like we should, we should, we we could even maybe think about just running the mock this year, like locking in Lawrence and Wilson. But it is, it is the what would we do mock. So. That takes the fun out of it. That's true. Just give Tommy the Jets pick, whatever. Yeah, just <laughs> let him let him put us out of our misery. Well, I mean, I hopefully, uh, I mean, hopefully, Donald's gone by then because I'm still not necessarily sold on, on moving on from him if I'm the Jets. Yeah. So. No. Well, it, it's what. Yeah, it's what would we do, man? We we. I don't give Connor number one. Maybe see if Connor does something fishy with the Jets. <laughs> maybe see if Connor's got Barmore. some ulterior motives. Barmore. We're bringing in Barmore. Barmore. <laughs> um, oh man. Clap. Last question. Um, Shoot. What. Give me a percent chance the Lions draft Kyle Pitts. Oh. <laughs> this is something I've Real, been seeing more and more, yeah. man. Yep, me too. That's why I'm asking you. Just take yourself out of it and tell me. Oh. Kyle Pitts is available at the seventh pick. <laughs> and the Lions are on the board. What are, what's the percent chance they're taking him? <laughs> like 80? 80%? I think, I think we're flirting with 60% at this point. No way! I think we're dude. flirting with. I'm um, Lee. I'm. I swear to God, I'll give you. I'll. I'll I would say. I'll, I'll just. I'll, I will straight up. I mean, I've been seeing it a lot. I'm getting nervous about it. I'll put it at fifty percent. 
it's reminding me of the Hawkinson draft a little bit. Yeah, I'm, not, I, I'm not comparing the players at all, but just the way the mocks are rolling out, and I'm seeing it happen. And and it, it wasn't happening a while ago, and, and it was fun to laugh at it like a month or two ago, and now yeah. it's like happening more. <laughs> and it's like, oh, this could be a real thing. The only saving grace is that uh, it's not BQ in the in the draft room, and, and I, I feel like Pitts would be destined for failure. I mean, BQ here's the thing. Room. So, I mean, going off of our last podcast where we both kind of retreated from our initial, like, Pitts um, rejection, like, what – are you still walking? You're still walking home. I'm walking it, home. Yeah, I. The Lions draft Kyle Pitts, and I'm in Syracuse, New York. I'm going to walk to Long Island. <laughs> I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna walk to Long Island. Yeah, I think that would be just not good. I. I'll do it for cancer too. I'll like do the whole thing. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. You know, like I'll whatever. I don't know how they donate your hair, shave the I'll head, do donate the, the hair. whole nine yards. I'll do it. I'll set up a whole thing. Um, uh, yeah, I think, I think it would be ridiculous, but because here's, you know, I mean, here's the thing, Lee, is if the, the, my, my worst nightmare is kind of setting up where I think it's extremely possible all four quarterbacks go top four and then Sewell and Slater go five and six. Mm. And like at that point. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a, again. I'm not a tackle expert, but I do think it's an extremely deep tackle draft where I'm just like, I don't really know what the difference between the consensus third tackle is Darisaw over like waiting until 41. Yeah. Um, like it might be a little high to take him at seven, and then like I'm kind. I mean, you know, the other one would be like Micah Parsons. I think is is who they could consider. Um, obviously, I have my issues with Parsons, but he's off. He's off club. Extremely sport. talented and uh, extremely physically gifted player. Um, I, so I, I I would say honestly, Lee, I think it's I think you know on defense you're kind of just looking at Parsons uh, at that point. I really don't think that they would take a corner just because I think they'll want to see Amani and Okuda. Mm-hmm. I. Uh, I I like the idea of them taking Patrick Sertain, man. Like Akuda, I mean, I mean, I was I loved Akuda last year, but I think you know we saw what Tampa was able to do. Like I think you need three good corners, even Miami last year, having a guy like Xavier Howard. Yeah, but Amani and Okuda are not Jones. slot guys. Like you could, I think you could play Akuda in the slot. You played in the slot at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I just like I wouldn't put it past him. I, I don't I, think I, I don't think. Making Okuda do something that he's not, especially you didn't after draft, his rookie year. Yeah, yeah like I, well, I don't know. It also, I, Tommy, I guess, I, my main thing with the corners is just like there was, there has been no pass rush in Detroit the last three freaking years. Like I don't even see how you can really, you can't even really judge Okuda or Amani at this point. And I think they've both flashed enough on tape to deserve to start across from each other next year and just kind of wait it out. Yeah. No, so, I, okay. I'm not even trying to. I know. I don't think it's as dire of a situation as, and especially you know, like Patrick Sertain is a much better prospect than uh, Amani Oruwari is, and and very well could be a better prospect than, um, you know, uh, Akuda could be. Um, I really think it's shaping up at least for me when I, I most likely will be mocking a, a receiver to the Lions just because I think they, you know, just getting a dynamic playmaker yeah. is just something that would really. 
help out Goff or whomever their quarterback of the future is going to be. Because right now, is Quintez Cephas their number one receiver? Like, it's, come on, I guess it's Tyrell Williams. Yeah, well, Tyrell Williams, who it, has had injury issues and is, is really a three or maybe a, a low-end two. You know, I just think if Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddell or Devonta Smith is there, it's just going to be hard for me to not think it's a mistake to pass on and on any of those guys, really. Yeah, I've just, I mean, you heard it from Tommy, who likes Pitts the most out of all of us. Like, you drafted Hawkinson with the ninth pick, you know, two years ago. He's one of the best young tight ends in the league, as he should be. Um, and and you have like the worst wide receiver room in the NFL. Yeah. So like, I don't think it's necessarily a terrible position to be in to have that clep, that top six happen the way that you framed it. I just think that's your opportunity to take your highest graded receiver. Yeah. Like that's and also, you know, I a guy that I talked about on on Clep and I's first podcast we did just alone and then lee you brought him up last podcast and maybe he's going to sneak into the first round now but getting a guy like alex leatherwood like just playing to the depth of the and you know having the 41 first pick or whatever it is they're gonna have a chance to get a guy like you know alex leatherwood who i think and and they don't need a left tackle they just need a right tackle exactly yeah Yeah. and and you know getting a guy like that you know who really I i think he even played center at alabama a little bit but started at guard as a sophomore at alabama then moved out to tackle uh, ran the sub 540 like uh, you, you know you're they surely would be attacking the the depth and the strength of this class if they were to wait for a tackle or an offensive lineman um in round in round two so really really interesting when you when you uh when you think about the the lions 